Good morning. This is Christchurch Purley, United Kingdom. It's Sunday, 9th of May, and my name is Christopher Hickin. In the past, I've joked about introducing my sermon as if I was broadcasting to the world, but now it's really happening. Lord Jesus, open our minds that among all the words I speak, we may hear something from you. Amen. Have you ever wondered why Jesus never wrote a book? Instead, our Bible gives us the memory of his wonderful stories and sayings, which he knew would stick in the minds of his hearers. Every time I lose something and have to go looking for it, I remember that woman sweeping her house out in the search for her lost coin. But when he warned his disciples of what lay ahead, it seems they couldn't grasp it. It must have been that his teaching and his miracles filled them with such hope. I have long since given up blaming them for running away when Jesus was arrested. They wanted to fight, but Jesus wouldn't let them. Enough of this. It's me you want. Let this lot go. So they are left devastated. But before they can even start to cope with their grief, comes the shock of the resurrection. Jesus is alive. Whatever next. These 40 days leading up to Jesus' ascension into heaven were vital. Not just for Jesus to show them that he was alive, important though that was, nor was it just what we would call trauma counselling, though there was that too. He had to explain what had happened and to prepare them for the task ahead. And so he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Never let anyone get away with the claim that the Christian faith means you have to close your mind to facts. Not only is our faith based on the facts of what happened in those tumultuous first century days, but committing to the Christian faith means you will have to think longer, harder and deeper than ever before. It's enough of a shock coming to terms with God being real. You then have to work out what happens next. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. The New Testament writers took this up with enthusiasm. It's worth noting that Handel's great work, Messiah, tells the story of our redemption largely through Old Testament quotes. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I know that my Redeemer liveth. The law, the prophets, the Psalms. From the prophets, the book of Isaiah is quoted so often in the New Testament that it has been called the fifth gospel. And among New Testament quotes from the Psalms, you will find Psalm 16 verse 10. You will not leave my soul in hell. You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. How the books of the law refer to Jesus may seem less obvious, but in addition to the promise of a future prophet like Moses, 
St. Paul crucially argues the priority of faith over law, quoting Genesis 15 verse 6. Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Scripture, the bedrock of our faith. But scripture has to be explored, studied, interpreted and applied. We need those open minds. We have Jesus' promise that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. So, as we apply our minds to Scripture, we must, we must open our minds to the Holy Spirit, speaking to us through Scripture. As well as Scripture, the Church of England includes reason and tradition in the basis of our faith. We may not wish to be bound by tradition, but it is worth remembering that most of the problems we experience living out our faith have been faced before. So it's worth looking at how those who came before us handled them. Church history is useful, not just as a catalogue of almost every conceivable error in practising the faith, but also for examples of heroic achievement. As for reason, there's much that's spoken in the name of reason that won't stand up to scrutiny. A classic example would be the statement that Nothing is true that cannot be verified by science. Because that statement itself cannot be scientifically verified. Recently, this has sparked a revival of interest in the old philosophical arguments of God's existence. But the popular culture has got hold of the idea that science has disproved God. We have a lot of work to do to open people's minds. Jesus opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. We apply our newly opened minds under the leading of the Holy Spirit to the scrutiny of scripture, tradition and reason. It is no accident that to the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus adds the words, and with all your mind. But though the Holy Spirit will certainly broaden our minds, please don't think that we must all be, become academics, thank God. What Jesus promises us is much more the kind of spirit-inspired, streetwise common sense that is available to all of us, and believe me, is not displayed by all academics. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, said Jesus. What with bogus reasoning, discredited tradition and clumsy use of scripture and all the vain authority of popular culture, our spiritual enemy will try whatever it can to derail us and we have to stay sharp. But take heart. The religious authorities of Jesus' day were surprised by how hard it was to refute the proclamation of the gospel by the apostles after Pentecost. They had to acknowledge that these men had been with Jesus. Jesus has promised us that when we are put on the spot, the Holy Spirit will give us the words to say. I think it works something like this. These next few words are a bit speculative, but hey, 
We are talking of open minds, so let's speculate. Jesus is asked, should we pay tribute to Caesar? Let's suppose he does not have a prepared answer. This is Jesus, son of God, perfect man, at work in the power of the Holy Spirit. He does not panic, but pauses, allowing the Holy Spirit to prompt him to ask for a coin. He turns the coins, coin over in his hand, and the answer comes to him. The key, and I take this as a learning point myself, is not to panic, but to pause and listen to the Spirit. Two weeks ago, Dr. Simon Stocks reminded us that we can't expect things to happen the same way twice. Jesus' resurrection has opened up a whole new world, and we continue to face new situations, as we have done during lockdown, and as we will do coming out of lockdown. This is why Jesus never wrote a book. He knew that no amount of rules or good advice, not even the 614 commands of the Old Testament beloved of Orthodox Jews, none of that could hope to cover everything we face. We need to allow Jesus to open our minds and to learn to wait on the Holy Spirit. This isn't just problem solving. It's the opportunity for exercising our God-given creative talents. Jesus wants us to learn to trust the Holy Spirit at work in us so we can work out for ourselves what we must do. St. Paul to the Romans says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will. And to the Ephesians, he says, find out what pleases the Lord. In both passages, using a word that means to search out, test, prove. We will not always find the choice of action easy or obvious. We must open our minds to the inspiration of the Spirit. Open minds. Minds open to learn from Scripture, the bedrock of our faith. Minds open to learn from the saints who have gone before us and from the saints with us today. Minds open to test and willing to learn from any line of reasoning and to search out creative new ideas. Above all, minds open to the prompting and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, learning to tease out God's will for us in the difficult situations we will face. And... Speaking of the Holy Spirit, I love the way Luke concludes his gospel, like many an author, setting us up to expect a sequel. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Don't miss next week's thrilling instalment. <laughs>